how close you want to get. You could you could be right here, like where I'm at. Um, you done with your with your chewy beverage? I mean, I'm going to be making horrible on. I mean, okay. I need to last a little so Just stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. You need your stay hydrated. Need your nature lights. Is that what's in there? No, no. That's my free workout. That's your free workout. <laughs> okay. Mid episode, name that. We should probably sit closer because yeah. this is a two mic situation. Okay, everybody, welcome finally to the tenth episode of the Niche Talk. I am Lewis, aka I'm No Vibe, and always to my left is my guy Jerome, two one five shooter on all social media platforms. What's going on, guys? And weirdly enough, today I have someone to my left. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, two wrongs left would be Nike Nate on Instagram, uh, re-up sneakers all across the board. All right, Nate, so how long have we been looking to get you involved with something like this? Uh, something like this, uh, been in the works for a while. We've done a couple other simple, small, minor things here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole teaming up has always been a plan down the line. Beautiful to have you here, finally, Pops. And and as always, we're going to start this episode with either what's on feet or what is your latest pickup. So you can go first. So on feet, uh, Travis Reverse Mocha Low, uh, simple, clean, neutral colors, which has been my kind of thing lately. Um, been quite lazily, lazy in the sneaker world. Um, I think that comes down to... Owning multiple resale stores tends to, you get overwhelmed with it. Not that you get bored of it, but you see a lot of stuff day in, day out. Uh, doesn't have that same wow factor down the line. Definitely understand that 100%. Uh, so for me, I'll go with uh, on foot today. I have the Air Max 1 Pad of Waves. One of my favorite from the, uh, actually not one of my favorite from the, uh, the waves back. Waves don't die. They definitely don't. But yeah, I love these. Uh, probably one of my actual favorite Air Maxes from recent releases, not just with the paddle line. Let's talk about the denim you got on today. This is nice. Is this is this Fashion Nova? G-Star. G-Star. Okay. You showing your age with that one. Denim. Denim. G-Star. Yeah. Denim. I'm sorry. G-Star. Roll. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with latest pickup. It is not sneaker related. Um, yesterday, my good friends at P's and Q's launched their 11th anniversary collection and uh, decided to cop on a few pieces for the fall slash winter because who knows how, how Philly weather's about to get. So I got a crew neck and a hoodie. Um, so shout out to them. And yeah, I did, I did buy those Reimagined Royal, but I automatically canceled after I bought it because it was just the biggest impulse buy it's uh, no comment. <laughs> Why no comment? Why? Uh, no comment. It's I I totally get what Jordan Brand does with re-releasing and slightly altering. I just yeah, it's it's not that OG. Yeah, exactly. I literally I woke up and got the early access. Literally got woken up by the early access. I was like, all right, cool. Face face ID bought it, and then I was like, I still have my 2017 pair. So then I was just like, all right, cancel. Don't need it. Hit the yeah. group chat. I was like, yo, does anybody want these? And they were like, nope, it's a wash. 
don't need it. Everyone's getting EA. So we just went from there and had to cancel that because I have enough shoes at this point. I, I feel like I'm getting to where you are kind of with just like my love for shoes. I feel like I'm I'm happy where I'm at now yeah. with what I have in my collection. No, I agree. And it just works. Yeah, it's you find yourself kind of jumping back and forth and standing in front of and anybody that's it's into sneakers and has multiple 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 pairs i'm sure does the same thing you stand in front of the pile of shoes that you have and you look at it and you decide i'm gonna wear this and then you don't wear that and you just go to a regular run-of-the-mill average everyday once again pair of shoes yeah i feel that bro but Lou, I know what you say uh, you kind of get into where Nate is. Does that mean that you're going to have a bunch of Air Max One anniversaries? <laughs> Listen, it's a good go-to shoe. The crazy part is I don't like the big bubble. I, I don't like the new one. I have it. I bought it. I had to have it. I, I yeah, don't wear it. Yeah, I, mine is still in the display case. Like I have not worn. I, it's. I'm still trying to get used to the big bubble itself. I'm just so used to the form factor of the Air Max One, and I know that's the the quote called the '89. But yeah, just because it may be the first doesn't mean that it's the best. Agreed, agreed. Well, speaking of, you know, being in the space where you see everything so often, so it kind of like dwindle the allure of a lot of things. What would you say is your favorite era of sneakers? So, uh, favorite era of sneakers. And and there's a couple factors that go into it. Um, again, going to date myself as I tend to do quite often lately, but I, I think my problem with the market today and sneakers today and the the amount of the amount of times that we see a shoe before it releases, I think really tarnishes the shoe once it finally gets released. So I'll take you way back to the OG era. Um, you know, I'm talking 88, 89, 90. That B was premier um, for the simple fact of Jordan Bray would come out with a commercial on TV. You would literally stop, watch the commercial, and then within, I'd say, a week to two weeks, that shoe was then in stores. Um so for me, the, the, the anticipation of that shoe being released was more of an instant gratification because you saw the shoe was going to come out, you saw what the design was, and then bang, it's in stores and you have it. Whereas now, um, and, and you know, over the last few good years, I think, take a, a Military 4, for example. We all know Military 4s are releasing next spring. Yeah, well, that information, images, and everything else was released this last spring. So now you've got an entire year of seeing this shoe promoted the people, you know, through social media, individuals, media outlets. Everybody wants to be the first one. So the second that information's out there, everybody's throwing it down our throats as far as here's what it is, here's what it's going to look like, so on and so forth. So now an entire year goes by, that shoe releases, you still want it, you still like it, but I feel like the anticipation is kind of dissipated over the course of that year. Whereas if they told you a Military 4 was coming out and we're April of 2024, mid-April, and within two weeks that shoe is then released and that's the only time that you really see it, that I think gives you more excitement to want to get that shoe. 
Yeah, I, I get that. So like the allure of, Absolutely. of everything is definitely dwindled for you. And right. I totally understand that because you and I both being on like both sides of the spectrum in terms of like having to sell shoes and like being in the business and also being the consumer, it's exhausting how much information is being pumped at us in this realm. And it's not just with sneakers, obviously, but like you said, everybody wants to be the first. Like you're getting you're getting pre-releases, you're getting you're getting probably fakes just to do a review, just to show off that you have it first, just for view purposes. And it's just taking away everything. It's everybody, everybody wants to make something off of it. So your bigger media outlets, obviously, the more people that look at their products that they release as far as this is coming out before anybody else. And now they're the ones that are kind of known to go see what's coming out. So then that's only going to increase their viewership, their revenue and, and everything else. So it, it's always based around money. Um, and it's difficult again, because of the new age with, with social media and, and everyone having, you know, a building computer in their, in their phone. It's like, even if you're working in the factories, you, you have access to that. Yeah, you know, back then it wasn't. Again, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. You've got to bring in literally a handheld camera into your job in the factory producing the shoes to take a picture of it and then leave with the camera. Now everybody's got a phone in their pocket. There's, there's no way to avoid that. So e even if these these companies, you know, uh, basically Nike and Jordan brand, trying to squash that information getting out there is is damn near impossible. Yeah, very impossible. Uh, I'd like to say. My favorite era would probably be like Nike basketball, because that's when I that's when I started working at Foot Locker and like the All Star, LeBron Nine, the KD Four. That entire era was like beautiful for me because I feel like that's when Nike really had some like pep in their step with implementing different technology, sure. and building the hype with like the elite socks and all that kind of stuff. But just being able to witness the progression with the era of shoes now it's just like a rinse and repeat kind of thing i feel like it's been a while since we've seen something like damn well there, there's always going to be new technology and and what happens is i really feel like because so many people are into what they're comfortable with what they know what they've seen over and over um the big part with jordan brand and, and the re-releases is most people, if a, if a shoe comes out that hasn't come out in eight or nine years, they're instantly going to see that shoe and take them back to that point in time in their life, which was, you know, usually your early childhood, your teenage years, your your early 20s um, that you remember and you associate that shoe coming out with that happy time in your life. It's a little more difficult with the newer technology because you don't have that same correlation to that shoe now to, oh, I remember this shoe back then. Same thing, you're talking about Nike basketball. Nike basketball era, you were how old? I'd say I was probably like 19. And again, that's that's right in that, that range of yeah. you were old enough to kind of work and buy the shoes on your own. And there was a sense of accomplishment for you working and being able to go buy that shoe. So that brings you back to a good place in your life where you were like, oh, that's right. You know, I, I busted my ass. I, I went and bought that. Yeah. Again, to date myself, Bread 4 was the first shoe I ever had. You're talking 1989. I worked an entire week and had to borrow $5 in order to buy that shoe at that point in time. I think retail was like $125. 
people people criticize and like, you know, well, 125 was nothing then. You do the math, you know, now what's 125, you know, in, in this day and age, it's like great $125, you know, somewhere in that. So 125 doesn't sound like a lot, but going back to 1989, $125 was a, a good amount of cake. Yeah. But I want to say for me, my favorite era is probably the late 90s, early 2000s. Kind of the same thing. Like for me, it's crazy like the, the age yet. My first pair that got me into shoes was also brand fours, but 99s, not 80s. So there we go. So it's, it's crazy. Like I'm, I feel a little better now because I'm not the oldest person here anymore. Yeah. Hence, hence why Lewis calls me Pops. He's not yeah. calling you Pop. On the Pop. He'll get there at some point. I mean, I'd rather be called Pop. They'd be calling me Ancient and yeah. saying I was around, hanging with Martin Luther King, all this other stuff. So, yeah, bro. I was I was right there at the tail end of that. <laughs> but yeah, that was my favorite era. Like, I, I'm a, I'm from the era where I love the first retros of all the Jordans and the era of, like, the... Uh, Sean Kemp's and like the Jason Kids and all that stuff. Not quite the Nike basketball era that most people know of, right? But the the first wave, where you've always been a little more off the abnormal. It's you, as much as you have the commonplace shoes, you have the extra shoes that maybe are, in my opinion, sleepers to most people. Yeah, I think a lot of people get caught up in what you know is the premier. Oh, that's a have to have, but. You go that next level down, which again, your older generation appreciate that shoe more than the younger generation and not to fault the younger generation. They don't know any different. Yeah, they, they really know. And like I've learned to conform to that instead of like being the, how we see a lot of like the bitter older people, oh, you know, these young kids. And I'm like, well, you know, no, you can't. at some point, like you had to find a love for something and your reasoning behind it. So why can't that? Sure. Right? Yep. Everybody's got to start somewhere. So if they're starting now, they're starting now. If they started in 1988, <laughs> then they started in 1988. Yeah, like, it's it's really crazy, like, to see the difference between then and now and, like, how things have changed drastically and the reasons behind people, you know, loving things. Sure. Which is it's dope because that just shows, like, how we all are individuals as people. Absolutely. It's actually kind of crazy that... A Jordan 4 is what got us all into Jordans, like in sneakers. Yeah, it's it's a clean, super recognizable, you know, almost a a premier level shoe in, in Jordan's brand. Um, usually what would most people say? Ones, threes, fours, elevens is usually like the top tier of what no people yeah like sixes are like up there too but yeah definitely the ones the threes the fours yeah but so and jordan Bray knows what they're doing yeah they always they figured it out they got the sauce all right so continuing on with this topic with shoes but let's let's switch it up a little bit um let's go to the business aspect things and i wanted to ask you like what's the mentality of a business owner in the realm uh, reselling shoes like give me some pros and cons let's let's dive into your day-to-day on the mental side of things so that like people out there can kind of get a better understanding of like where your head's at so so anybody that's a a entrepreneur anybody that works for themselves you know they'll 
they'll tell you right off the rip, it's it's a roller coaster. You have super big highs and super big lows. Um, mentally, it it is. It's draining a lot of times. Um, and then the next day, it's very rewarding. So to go up and down on that roller coaster, it does take its wear and tear. Um, the, the easiest way I can probably explain this is... Um, you guys have all seen when, you know, Obama took his presidency, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then what did he look like at the beginning of the presidency? <laughs> what did he look like at the end of the presidency? Exactly. So if if, if you kind of take that mindset, that's, that's what it does to you. You know, if you, this has been what, eight, I think we're coming up on eight years. Um, it, it's, uh, it's mind boggling because I, again, I, I go look at pictures of myself from eight, nine years ago and I look at it now and. I think I'm kind of falling into that. I just did an eight-year term as president of the United States, not to that capacity, but it, it does. It, it it definitely, it's a lot of mental wear and tear that maybe you don't realize. So if you're not, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not aware of that, I think it can go really bad. Um, but if you kind of recognize it and you're able to, you know, keep bringing yourself back to center, I think that definitely helps work through those rough times. Um, I, I try to keep the mentality that things could always be worse. Um, so I try not to get too down on myself um, for the fact of, yeah, you might be having a shitty day, but again, it, it could be worse. The doors are still open. You're still making moves. You still have, you know, your employees that you're able to, you know, help live a life and um, you're still able to offer a service to people that, yeah, want to come in and, and shop within the stores. So to piggyback off of that, I know a lot of people always, especially the quote unquote OGs in the game, is mm -hmm. like, oh, like, you know, we hate reselling and it ruined the culture and all this stuff. But I feel like you're a special case because you are a part of the culture before you decided to open the store. Mm -hmm. And anyone that knows you personally knows like you are very heavy into collecting and you've had the things that matter and all that stuff like that but you're also into like the reselling mm -hmm. so i feel like it's a pretty if a, it's a perfect bridge between the two so like how do you feel um being on both sides when you know people are always like oh you know like the resale game you know it's ruining the culture like i personally feel like it it's actually helped the culture sure but you know everyone has their opinion yeah, I, I think it really comes down to when, again, everybody has their own rhymes or reasons for why they like it or they dislike it, but you you take the OGs and, and the people that say that reselling is ruined. Um, I've always kind of compared it this way, that those people that say that reselling is, is ruining the brands, they're not resellers, you know, they... they if you were to give them a, a release shoe at retail, a, a Travis at, you know, whatever was 170, 180, something like that retail. Um, and it wasn't their size. They're not going to go out as, you know, oh, I hate reselling. They're not going to go out and sell that shoe for $180. They're going to sell it for what the market is, you know? So the people that kind of shoot down resellers are usually people that don't resell. Um, so from that from that capacity um it's it's all about making money if if you want to make money there, there's a way to do it there's a good way there's a bad way um i i feel like i kind of like you said fall in that middle of it um i, I wasn't a reseller before i opened the stores i opened the stores kind of as a joke through social media 
Um, I just kind of threw it out there. What if I opened my own resale store and the response was great and I gave it a shot. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I kind of went in as like, I just wanted to be around shoes all day. That's, that's really all it was. Um, I had always wanted to do that. Um, I previously, before opening Reup, I looked into, you know, being a store like a, a Lapstone or Atmos or Ubic, and it's just damn near impossible. Like Nike's not going to give anybody at this point in the stage that's new to the game, you know, their their products. So that that made it difficult. So I figured, why not try the resale side? But which, when I first started, there wasn't that many stores. Now, I mean, now it's every single mall in America has a store, um, and then on top of that, you have second stores, you know, on strip malls and. And, you know, places like South Street. I mean, how many stores are on South Street now? Three, four, five, maybe four. Yeah, and it's not even, it's not even like shoe-specific resale stores right. now. It's like thrift stores are now like right. selling so that it's like even more of a competition. Correct. So, and, and that's the biggest thing is is trying to stay relevant, which is is right now in today's market is difficult, you know. Um, StockX and GoTo definitely kind of, taken over uh ebay you know they they started offering authentication um now as well so that's kind of helped that but yeah like anything else you see these major companies taking over you your amazon um you know home depot stuff like that there, there's so many small mom and pop stores that have gone out of business because of that exact scenario you know most people would rather just sit at home and, and order what they need um I think the biggest thing with, with stores like mine in general are if you know exactly what you want and what you need, you're going to go online and you're going to shop and find the, the cheapest price. You're going to get what you want for the cheapest price. If you're not exactly sure what you want and you're at the mall and you're like, ah, what a pair of shoes today, then you're going to walk into a store like Reup and you're going to kind of look around and now, you know, you might find something that jumps out at you or that, again, takes you back to that point in time of, you know, a good place. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's really the difference between a store like Reup, an actual brick and mortar store, and StockX and Goat. So it, it's there's so many products on StockX and Goat, and even eBay. If you don't really know what you look for, you, you can end up being on their apps for hours and hours and hours, just cruising around. Yeah, so, it's kind of like walking into a store that's like overwhelmed with product. Sure, and you just like have no idea where to even start. I've I've had that multiple times where I walk in into a store and I'm just like you know what this is too much I'm just you know, leave it's the <laughs> the target effect yeah yeah but if you could if you know if you you have a, a good employee that works at that store and they catch you when you come in and it's a little more you know on on a friendly basis not hey how you doing welcome store you know they right off the rip kind of introduce themselves and start talking to you and, and kind of find out what you're looking for, you'll tend to kind of stay there a little more and maybe make the attempt to go and look for it. They can kind of point you in the right direction within that store to find what you're looking for. Uh, so that's what we try to get, you know, our employees to do at the store, which is interact. Uh, most people that come into your store, they're interested in shoes. So why not right off the rip have a conversation, compliment? Oh, you got that on money. That's a good shoe. That's, you know, so it's, it's just part of, you know, being a good person, I think, um, you know, and it also helps with sales, I guess. Yeah. Agreed a hundred percent. Like you want to feel welcome, like any, any establishment you go into, you want to almost feel like you're going in there and making friends. 
because it just, it just makes you feel comfortable. The, the flip side is when everybody comes in with their AirPods in and you say hi to them three different times before they don't hear you. So now they're they're thinking that you're ignorant because you didn't say nothing to them. So you kind of have to go back and reiterate three or four times. And yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the general public just doesn't want to be bothered when they're out shopping. So it, it definitely makes it difficult to to start that conversation right off the rip when they walk in the store. What would you say is your favorite type of customer that comes into the shop favorite type of customer it's it so the, there's a couple factors in that there's you do get you do get the older people that that you know pretty much everybody my age is going to come right in the store and and ask for bo jackson's you know they they want the bo jackson they want the trainers right off the rip you can tell um Favorite customers, yeah, just really somebody that comes in that, that doesn't mind having a conversation. Uh, again, the whole reason I did this was just to be around shoes every day. So I'm perfectly fine with somebody coming in and asking a question and then us striking up a conversation and talking about the shoe. It, it would be great if they would buy something, but at the same point, if they don't, again, that's what I got into it for, um, is to be able to have that communication with other people, other like-minded people that have the same interests that I do. I feel like something that like Foot Locker instilled in me, it was like their their mantra. It was like, create a long lasting impression with your customers because sure. they're just going to keep coming back at that point. And like you said, yeah, it'd be great if they bought something. But for as long as I've known you, it's it's always been about like creating connections with people. Absolutely. And just enjoying whatever you come in contact with and like however you interact with people because nine times out of 10, it's either going to be funny or... <laughs> Like you're gonna get you're gonna get some knowledge off of pops, especially when he puts some glasses on. Yeah, reading glasses again, dating myself. It's great, <laughs> wonderful. So I feel like you just gave us like a bunch of game on how to engage and capture customers and to make the experience that much better. It's really just life. It's <laughs> I mean, just take just take that and put it in the life. I mean, you go to a party, it's the same concept. You you go to the supermarket, you don't have to be ignorant to people at the supermarket. We're all doing the same thing. We're all going through life the same way with the same issues and problems and everything else. And again, just keep the mindset that your life could be drastically worse than it actually is. You know, you're you're complaining and bitching and whining that, you know, you can't go out on a Friday night, but you, you have a house to live in and food in your stomach and, you know, a car to drive. So, yeah, is it really that bad? Go grind a little harder, pick up a second job, and then you can go out on every other Friday night if you want. It's crazy that we've gotten to the point in society where telling someone something that's common sense is like, oh, put you on game. Forget. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know that. It's crazy. Like, I thought that would be your mentality every day because you're alive and you're a person. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to have that mindset of, you know, just be happy. It, I hear so many people say you might not be here tomorrow. You, you might not. So, I'm not saying to go out and be dumb and do stuff that, end up making you not here tomorrow but at the same point just revel in each day and enjoy it for what it is yeah i feel that 100 percent, bros so on the topic of like you establishing yourself in the sneaker community and the resale community and having that shop multiple on that what would you say that you feel that you do differently from other shops that like set you apart that that's the hardest part. Um, for the longest time, I, I kind of always 
you know, thought like, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. Nothing. We're really not doing anything different. I, I hate to say it. We're, we're a resale store. Um, you know, at this day and age, everybody's doing something. So we've tried the little podcast. We've tried social media. We've tried games and trivia. And guess what? Everybody else is doing the same thing. There's there's really no difference. Um, I, I hate to say it, but as good of as good of the customers that we have that are loyal. There's a very small handful. If if we were to close our stores and someone else were to open in the same exact location, the customers are still going to come in and buy shoes from there. It's, it, there's there's no difference. The, the customer wants a shoe, they're going to come in and buy a shoe. Um, to really do something different, I mean, you guys have ideas of what I could do differently than every other 9 million resale stores in the world are doing right now. You know, please throw it out. You guys are content creators major content creators like give me the ideas oh man i mean you got any ideas that we can uh honestly pops you're typically the one with the ideas in this group so i like i I get what you're saying in terms of it's there's very much been kind of a rinse and repeat with like all of the stores and sure the beautiful thing is that you're at least trying like all of these things out? I mean, you have to. You have to make the exactly. attempt. If you don't make the attempt, how can you complain that things aren't going well? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. True. Okay, so we've gotten on today, like just talking about the business and talking about shoes. Let's Let's get a little bit more personal with the relationship between us three and like our journey throughout shoes because that's literally where it all started. So... Off the top of your head, what would you say is your favorite moment with Jerome and I? So it would have to be, um, and again, this goes back to the whole photography side. So I've always enjoyed photography, but I've never really been immersed in it. Um, it's always kind of been something that, you know, if I pick up a camera, I'll go shoot and stuff like that. So with the two of you being more focused on photography, it helped bring that side out. So a couple of times we've gone to New York. Um, the one time we went over uh, to New York, I want to say 2018, maybe it was. Uh, we went up to New York. I think we stayed over. Uh, we tried to stay up all night and see the sign. <laughs> oh, wait, was that for that Adidas festival that we went to? Where we met uh, Ray Polanco? I don't think it was. I think it was a time before that. I can't remember if it was that one. Again, dating myself, a memory isn't great. I know that we saw. That, was that when we wanted to try to stay up and catch sunrise? Correct. Well, and then and then a poor rain yeah. in the middle of the night. Well, that sunrise was such a... But but it's it's those kind of it's, you know what I mean just just bullshitting and hanging out. We really and the thing is we went up there. We didn't have a game plan. We weren't like all right, let's let's schedule this out. Let's go here and here and here. Like we literally were just random. We were going from one side of New York and then we're like, what do you want to do now? Oh well, let's go here, which was on the opposite side of the New York, on, on the opposite side of New York. Then after we got done there, somebody else suggested, guess where we're going? We're going right back basically to where we came from. So the randomness, but for me, doing the photography, you know, on a limited basis, like I go back and look at some of the photos that I took with you guys at that time, and they're still some of my favorite ones. 
Um, I have one, you know, that we took of a Dumbo that isn't lined up at all. It's not your your classic Dumbo shot where you're straight down the street and the bridge is there, and then you can see the uh, what is it, the Empire State Building? You kind of within the little cut out of the bottom of the bridge like mine's all out of whack like it's it's not there at all but for me the picture works because it's it's a guy that's you know walking across the street he's got his bike in his hand there's multiple people in the background trying to take their their picture for that classic shot you have cars that are stopped to let the guy there's there's a brick building on the left side you know that kind of embodies that old style of of new york um which i kind of like the architecture and everything is what i shoot for um, so to me, that picture is perfect to the, I think the, the, the average person or, or even a professional photographer, you know, oh, you didn't use leading lines and this isn't centered in this. It, it's still there today. Um, in my mind is one of my favorite pictures. And that again, goes back to what we talked about with, you know, Jordan's and this and that taking you back to a point in time. I see that picture. Yeah. It might not be lined up perfect, but I also relate it to hanging out with you guys and just the randomness of us bullshitting around and eating Shake Shack and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I ultimately just the first thought that comes to mind as a favorite moment with us three is definitely that, that shoot that we did for Rejuvenator. Like, oh, the abandoned, the abandoned shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out of nowhere, we're not bringing that. <laughs> Out of nowhere, me and Jerome look to our left and Pops is just hanging, free hanging off of this just like sketchy ass. It wasn't even the pole that I was holding on to. It was the chain. Yeah, it was. And this man was holding on to a chain and we sniped a photo real quick. And to to just think that like that might have been the last time we seen Pops because that's so all for you. Yeah, he could be here in LA. <laughs> Pops was saying YOLO on a daily basis because I remember we were even on the roof. And you were just like walking on the edge of the building that like it wasn't even stable. But what about when we scaled? Remember when we scaled the uh, uh, the billboard, the billboards? <laughs> then Rome, Rome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we didn't scale shit. <laughs> All right, I I nailed scaled. And I said, oh yeah, no problem. I got the had the GoPro on my head. I jump. I get up like I want to say like eight letter rings, and I look over to the highway. I'm like. Mm fuck this and then you see the camera you see me go up and then you see me just slowly start coming back down and Nisha's just yelling down like I thought you were coming up come on and I'm like nah I'm good Lewis never even left the ground I wasn't able to because Ron went before <laughs> he threw off the whole vibe threw off the whole vibe I was just I was looking at him I was looking at him and I was just like I was like don't come down bro like just just keep going up I saw him look over I was like why would you look at that? why would you look at the highway bro don't look at the highway, don't look it down, just keep going up. I, I feel like it was a McDonald's billboard too. And I'm just like, part of me is just like, why the hell did we even want to climb? Like, because we had access to it. We had access to it. Yeah. We had access to it. We were trying to make content. It was the Bando era, bro. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was. It's definitely. The Bando era was a beautiful time for photography and just content creation. Uh, what, what would you say is like your favorite moment? Honestly, my favorite moment, that wasn't one of my favorite moment. Oh, uh, the billboard? Yes, the billboard moment. Just literally the sheer like so I looked over because I had the GoPro on and I wanted to show uh the highway. So what I should have done, I should have closed my eyes. Closed your eyes, pointed the camera and they came back. But I actually looked over and I said, Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> no lie, I feel like closing your eyes in that instant probably would have fucked you up. Because, like, I don't know, being that up high with the eyes closed, like, on the ladder, uh, that probably would have made me. My sense of direction probably would have been all fucked up. Burning. And then that would have been the last of all. Yikes. But we didn't, we didn't do that. Nah, nah, that was like the one. Oh, man. But it's like I enjoyed the, like, the relationship that we've all built with each other. All different backgrounds, lifestyles, but it's just like proof that, you know, like when you meet good people, absolutely, and you connect, and it's like, it's no looking back. Like, I literally remember going to re-up all the time, supposed to be at work. <laughs> pulling up in uniform in my Xfinity truck. He's like, oh, you know, there, there's Roman's Xfinity truck outside. It's like, oh, what you, what you doing, Roman? Like, uh, customer just canceled, but I'm not telling that to dispatch until like maybe like another hour or so. In the area, let me hang out. Yeah, just just chilling, just in there, just talking and all types of stuff. And then, you know, me and you coming down and shooting product and stuff like that. And I honestly want to say that you were probably the first or one of the first people that was like giving us opportunities to get into the space of like shooting stuff, not necessarily. Yeah, you know, so you know, free. I didn't have to pay. <laughs> but at that time, like that was the vibe, though. You know, yeah. right? It was like, hey, you know, you find somebody that needs something and. You do it, and it was like an exchange of being able to, okay, now I have content that I can post on my social channels and stuff like that, and especially since you had shoes that were, like, highly sought after and rare, so it was like, okay, cool. He has the content now he can use for whatever he needs, but I also have it now I can post it on my social media, and, you know, that's when I get the engagement and the, the eyes on it and stuff. You know what? Rum's going to have to make a post in the next two days once again of, like, listen, don't reach out to me for free promo, but was like, I know you thought the that I don't want. I know you heard the podcast. We were talking about uh, 10 years ago, people. Things have changed. Do not hit me up. <laughs> That's the disclaimer right now. Do not hit up me, Lewis, or anyone for that man. We are not a plug. No. We are not the plug. We are not the outlet or the plug. <laughs> the extension cord, nothing along the line. <laughs> um, to, to just really reflect on our relationship and what Jerome said recently is... That you really are one of the first people that gave us our foundation and our platform to grow. And forever grateful because you saw the vision in us like when we were just like shooting the shit and like creating a hobby out of something that we love. And being able to come together, being from like three different generations and being able to relate so well just off of shoes is insane. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to, you know, again, it doesn't matter age, race, anything, religion. It's It all comes down to you guys get along cool. It's, exactly. The rest of it should be irrelevant. And as long as everybody respects everyone else, then you're cool. And even from our relationship, you put us on the radar for like paid campaigns and working with big brands. And to this day, I'm still working. <laughs> where's the kickback <laughs> oh my god the kickback bro jesus just saying just saying but like being able to still work with one of the brands that kind of started like my journey that came from you is is beautiful like you like it, it always reminds me of how we started and you were able to create that like that wheel like the the effect for us really yes that's weird to hear it 
even though I know it, it's weird to hear it spoken. Um, because again, I just look at myself as like, you guys were cool. You did photography. You know, we all have the same thing. Like that was only my mindset. It wasn't like, oh, let me see if I can put these guys on and help. Like, yeah, and no, it wasn't that easy in any way, shape or form. Like I legit remember meeting you in an Ikea parking lot because you were, <laughs> you were literally creating hang tags for people and I used it as part of one, one of my graphic design projects. Mm-hmm. And from there, that's when I started pulling up to the shop, me and Jerome, and just vibing out. And then from there, you would hit us up constantly like, yo, come to the shop. Like, yo, I just got this in, got this in. And it was something rare. It was something fire. And we were like little kids in a fucking candy store. We all were. Yeah. I was, even though I'm older, I was the same, same way. I was still excited to be able to see this and to be able to turn around and, and trans, transpose that into, you know, a, a post on social media through, I mean, again, I like photography, but right off the rip, you guys were 10 times better than I was. So to be able to get you to come in and, and shoot that and then get me that product shot within, you know, a day or so was phenomenal. You know, it, it definitely helped us all around. You know, it helped me be able to establish decent product shots and and, and social media posts, um, which was, you know, what obviously helped us at the very beginning. Yeah, bro, like every, everything is like full circle and like how, you know, things happen with people. I remember my first time meeting Nate was, what is uh, Joel's sneaker show? Uh, Soul Exchange. Soul Exchange. That's why Soul Exchange was super popular. And I want to say it was at the convention center at the time. I don't know. It's been, and it's been so many places. But I remember we knew each other from uh, Facebook Marketplace. Buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, kicks. buy, sell, Philly. And I remember being at the show and I had on, I had on my 99 Brits and they were like on his last leg. And I remember people talking to Nate and I'm just like, oh shit, it's Nate. And at the time, like, that's how I looked at him, you know? I'm like, oh shit, it's Nate. It was that hang tag. Let me go, let me go say what's up. <laughs> that hang tag. Like, All right, cool. And he made a, like a great name for himself in that realm because like it was fresh for the time. Yeah, nobody else. Nobody, nobody was going it. Nah. And it was like, oh, damn. And at the time, you know, that was the era where you get some fresh J's or something, you had your hang tag on. And it was like, okay, well, why not monopolize that and have a custom hang tag? It's a big-ass plastic that Jordan was now putting on their shoes. You know, unless you had 99s, then you wasn't getting that slim, that look. And it's like, okay, now you can get a custom one. So I remember like, Yo, like hey, what's going on, bro? And, just, and the first thing he did was like, you were those here? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He like, oh, like good luck. And then it was like two more words, and he like we walked off and like started talking to other people. And literally that night, I got back home. I took a step up the steps, crumble, and right soul off. Damn. And I'm like, heartburn. He fucking Damn. called it. Listen, <laughs> I'm like, he called it. I was so happy. Like, oh, they they lasted the whole show. That's all they lasted. Well, as long as they lasted during the show. Oh man, but but good times. Like I'm, I'm very happy and glad to like to call you guys my brothers. Well, your hang tight, if I'm not mistaken, said uh, Jam Master J. It was the Jam Master Jam Master J's. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what you're still in my phone at. <laughs> hey, no. yo, Jam Master J. Oh, that was the era. Oh man. So if anybody ever steals my phone, they're like, oh damn, I got 
I got two one five shooters. They're not fine to like that number. Yeah. See now you know one five shooter contact info in there. I mean now you just gave them the sauce. Yeah. Now they now they know what that's the word. Oh man. At least it's not Riz. And it sucks because I no longer have that hang tag. It was stolen. Damn. What? Yeah. Somebody like actually stole it. Well, if I did not a cease and desist from Nike at me. Yeah. That was one of my questions and who just left. I'm like, yo, uh, no, you should ask Nate about this uh, situation and ask like why things changed. I know the answer, but does the world know? Yeah, the world, uh, most people know at this point. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I was promoting that I was selling them on Instagram. And then uh, I guess Nike's got a whole team of people who just search the internet for copyright infringement and whatnot like that. So yeah, they basically contacted Instagram, um, which then prompted them to send a letter to my house, which I then took to my lawyer, and he said, yeah, you should probably stop. Do you have that letter? I do have that. You, are, are you going to? Actually, I, I have a letter from I have a letter from Nike for the cease and desist, and I actually have a letter for Gap for a cease and desist. Oh, I forgot about right. that. <laughs> oh, I, bro, that, bro, that Springfield yeah. sign was so fire. Yeah. The Gap didn't like my uh, re-up. Gap esque storefronts. That was such a fire sign. I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Two for two on cease and desists. Yeah, you got to frame those. Put them up in the office. Yeah, make it look phantom. Okay. All right. So hit me with the pair you regret selling the most. So people ask me this all the time. Um, as of right now, what I would easily say is Frag Ones. Um, and I actually had them and sold them twice. So if I get them again, it would be the third separate time that I had them. But at the same point, like, so, so being an entrepreneur and, and, and your full-time job being whatever it is that you're doing, you run into situations where you sometimes have to sell things that maybe you don't want to. Um, so I've kind of always had to do that along the lines, especially back at the beginning. Um, so there's multiple shoes that I could say like, oh, I wish I still had that. But Number one, I can't do anything about it. Um, number two is the reason that was sold was to help me get to where I am today. So if I didn't sell that, it wouldn't have helped me propel. I might still have that shoe, but not be in the position that I am now. Very true. Um, you know, runner up would probably be with the dunk. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a shoe that I'm not getting back now. But and you remember how much you sold those for? Yeah, I bought them for 1100 and sold them for 1100 Cool. Uh, size 10, super clean, OG, all. And do we know what resale is right now? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Can we? Real, can we? Let's just talk about it for the people listening real quick. I mean, resale on, on a used pair, it's got to be six, seven now for an actual market. People always say like, oh, you know, it's on StockX for $27,000. Great. It's just because you list it for $27,000 does not mean it's $27,000. It wasn't, it wasn't dead stock. So, you know, you kind of have to go fair market value and... Um, also with somebody willing to pay for it. Yeah. You know, just cause you had it listed at seven grand doesn't mean it's going to sell for seven grand. You don't like get an offer of two grand or three grand. So it, it's more two, three grand shoe. But I remember you loved those frag ones. You, yeah. Those were, I don't remember which pair it was, but you wore those out. It was definitely the South Philly. The, that was, that was the South, but it was the second pair. Oh, but the way I got the first pair um was it a sneaker con in dc uh i had dead stock um what chicago what was the second release of the chicago when the re-release 2015 no even more 2013 2000 was it 
It came in the the wings box. It came in the the poster box. Because it was it was definitely 2013 before 2015. Because that was with the, 13 was with the jump. Jump. That's all. Time. Yeah. 15 was the reimagined era. Before. Anyway, so I, I remember trading that. I had uh It was yeah. It had to be the 13. Because I think I sold them because they were a half size too small and I knew that the 15s were coming out soon. So I traded those for Deadstock Royal Ones and Deadstock Fragborn. Stop. Yeah. I mean, at the time, the no, Dodgers no, yeah, were raised what? Yeah. Yeah. But that's just, that's a beautiful trade. Yeah. Beautiful trade. And then I wore both of them and then sold them. And then another Frag Parish came in the store used. So. I'm always partial to if I'm going to get something to wear, I'd rather buy something slightly pre-owned rather than undies something. Um, that's the reseller in me. Undies for the people that don't know what that means is undead stock. So sorry, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> we got to clarify for the people that don't know this culture. Um, I'd say for me, the pair I regret most selling in my collection is probably Skunk SBs. Ooh, that was a that was a hurt piece, and just like what you said, like being an entrepreneur. And when I had them, I was just a college kid, like trying to do shit and have fun. So what, what did you sell those for? Sold those. Oh, it's no plot. No plot. You got a card get called out on that. Sold them for three fifty. Yeah, I think I sold mine for four maybe. And now they're like re like apps are probably sitting around five six k yeah. around there for for those which. It was such a beautiful shoe too. Like I only wore them like twice because it was such a display shoe. Yeah. And just like you, I got it off of a really great trade. I don't remember what I traded, but it was like, I was working at Foot Locker. So I was getting all of the GR stuff that people really couldn't get. And just being able to have that plethora of shoes as trade bait was perfect to get the grails that I wanted at like such a young age. Uh, besides the skunks, probably my DMP pack. Like I had a brand new DMP pack like the six and the elevens box and all booklets and then adidas came with boost Oof. <laughs> <laughs> that was an era game over and i jumped shit i just sold every <laughs> regret you still have your nice take and elite i do nice. i do i only have two pairs of boost left i have the nice take nmds and the cream ultra boost like the first pair that came out but let me ask you this so are the, the nice kicks completely done at this point? If they re-release nice kick NNDs and you can get them for retail, would you buy a pair? No, I'm not buying them. Still not? Still not buying them. I kept that pair just for nostalgic purposes. Yeah, and like, sense. every shoe has a story. And of I camped out for that pair. And you know how it is in Ubik. It doesn't matter where you're sitting in line. Because <laughs> once 10 a.m. hits... If you're not about it, you if you're first in line, automatically you're 19th in line. Exactly. And I was nowhere near first in line. But I was working at Ubik at the time at corporate. Mm. So I I snapped. I wasn't able to get my pair on release. So I went in and I told them, I was like, yo, look, this was the shittiest system. And I was like, yo, lie. Of course not. And look at where they are now, RIP to Ubik. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I ended up getting the photo pair which was like, by the grace of God, it was a size nine. And you guys both know, I didn't even know what the fuck my shoe size was back then. No. Like it was. That, that's why they're so beaten. Toes were busting out of the head over them. Now that prime, it was gorgeous, man. It just, it just gave wiggle room. 
Uh, see, now I'm thinking about those shots with those I remember. And now I'm thinking about how when I first got my off-white Prestos and you just looked at my feet and you were like, bro, are your feet okay? <laughs> I have really wide feet, people, and like if a shoe doesn't really have any kind of like structure to it. Curling, <laughs> curling out the side. Like when his feet are melting out of the shoes. Just run it down and whistle. Oh my god, that that was and those are demolished too. That off white presto was a beautiful pair. All right, Ron, what what would you say? Biggest regret? Honestly, I would say my biggest regret is selling my. Huh? No, I would say my solar easy twos. Uh, not for the sake of the shoe itself because I ended up hitting an eight and a half at the time and I didn't take into account that it fit more like a Nike basketball shoe so I should have gotten a nine and a half and the eight and a half I remember I wore them once and I'm like my toes are screaming and I'm not trying to be that cool where my toes are screaming for you know just to just to look dope. So I remember I had them for like the longest and people get asked like yo you like you want to sell them you want to sell them I'm like no 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 and I waited for the price to go up. I remember I sold them for fifty five hundred at the time, fifty five hundred. And I think the last time I looked, the pair was going for like like eleven, twelve in that size used. And that was like, I think dead stock. They were selling for like fifteen, sixteen, like last sale. But you know how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. That's. Yeah. That could be padding or any type of thing. But, like, realistically, like, I just regret it on the idea of that was me wearing the times where I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to sell it and then buy my size. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, I never noticed. I had never, never worried it out. I have so many shoes that I don't have now because I'm like, oh, this doesn't fit there, right? I'm going to sell it for my size and then never have it. Swing in the mess. So, yeah, that that's the one that got away. And... If I could give a runner-up, it would probably be also what else. Forgot you had those two, bro. And they were like, actually, they were my size. And just like, oh, you know, they're kind of wild. I just hold on to them. And then oh, well, I, think I, only, I think I only wore my pair once or twice. Same concept. It's just, it's, you wear it to a sneaker event. That's really the only place you could wear that shoe. You're not going to throw that on to go to the supermarket. Yeah. It's just, it's it's definitely a super loud obnoxious in your face pair of shoes that you're wearing that's the shoe you wear to like thanksgiving dinner like you're gonna be at the crib and you just gotta throw on that where they are things on my house my brothers my mom my sister are all laughing at me. they don't get shoes at all <laughs> they, they still don't comprehend me we being a reseller and having stores and they just don't grasp it but it must be it must be a beautiful thing like for at least like from your family's point of view to like see your progression with something that they just probably never understood or grasped. Yeah, my, my mom and my sister completely get it. My two brothers just make fun of me. <laughs> so yeah, that I think it must be a female male trait. Um, yeah, my sister and my mom are like, oh my god, I'm so proud of you. It's great. You know, look what you're doing. And my brother's like, can you sell shoes? You're like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't give a shit. And... Okay, so with uh. Obviously, this is a very shoe-heavy episode, and one, I just want to say I appreciate everybody tuning in. That's probably my fault, it's too heavy. Oh, no, it's like, people know that we love shoes here. God. 
And if you if you've been here this long, we're at the fifty five minute mark. We got a couple questions left that we want to run by Nate. And so more questions. Yeah, more questions, bro. So where do you see sneaker culture in the next year and in the next five years? Uh, honestly, possibly non-existent. Not completely non-existent, but it's just you see what's going on in the market. You see the resale value of a lot of shoes. I mean, Cherry 12s, early access, uh, satin, these new satin bread ones, early access. They're all at retail or under retail, and that's off the early access release. What happens when those shoes hit their mass release? So, you know, it's it's really just people's mindsets change. Um, people's sense of style changes. Will it come back? It, it maybe probably will come back. I feel like everything kind of goes in a cycle, but I just think long-term over the next one to five years is going to be a difficult stretch for a lot of people that are in the resell game, but not at a high level. I, I feel like somebody like JC Lopez at Urban Necessities, I, I feel like he's going to be able to continue doing what he's doing. Um, but I feel like a lot of these secondary shops are, are definitely going to struggle. Um, we're doing everything we can to try to, you know, offset that um, from our own perspective. But yeah, it's going to be a rough stretch over the next couple of years, in my opinion. I definitely, uh, I definitely can see that. Like we've noticed, I think everyone has noticed like the decline in everything. And you know, there's multiple factors in play. Like the economy is shit right now. People don't have the same type of money. And then I feel like a big hit was that uh, Last Dance era mm-hmm. where everything kind of jumped to where the prices shouldn't have been. Well, that was all five factors rolled into one. Yeah. Being stuck in their house, you know, the government get our mm-hmm. money, you know, a lot of people being able to finesse the government for money um, through workman's comp claims. So <laughs> it, uh, Shaking my head at all you PPP loan people. Exactly. <laughs> Shaking my head. People filing, filing unemployment claims for seven different places of employment. You know, they haven't had a job in eight years. Like it's it's really crazy. But I feel like this is... We're coming into prime time for the people that want the shoes, that want the shoes to wear and enjoy. I feel like we're circling back to that era. Agreed. And so it's like, like you say, if like the the reseller on the lower levels is like, it's going to be a rough time on the higher level. Like you say, they'll be fine because they're usually like bulk buying and mm-hmm. mass selling. So, you know, it's, it's worth it for them, especially the people that are the here and there people like, like a me or a Lewis, where it's like, oh, you know, I just got this extra pair or right. I just kind of don't want it. It's like looking to get rid of it and make a profit is like going to be slim to none. Now. Sure. But it'll be beautiful to be like, hey, I'm going to walk into my local Foot Locker, DTLR, or Snipes, or whatever, and like, oh, wait, those came out like three weeks ago. Didn't have the money for it, but I have it now. Cool. Like, let me go buy it. And they'll probably have a full-size run and might might be able to fuck around and wait until it go on discount. Like, you know, like, that's the era that we're rapidly approaching. And um, from that aspect, I'm loving it. I feel like that'll definitely separate the people that truly enjoy shoes from those that are just in it from a hype standpoint. You know, you get most people that from a hype standpoint, if it doesn't sell that instantly, it's a garbage shoe. Um, For people that really enjoy the shoe for what it is, the makeup, the story behind the shoe, the packaging that goes into it, 
you know, they're the ones that are still going to go out and buy that shoe and, and enjoy it for what it is, not because it's hyped up. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be a very, very salty moment for the people, which we all know how those people are. The I'll buy it to stunt on social media or from our homies or whatever. And after that one where I'm going to now try to sell it and make a few bucks off of it, which at one point was very possible. Absolutely. Now it's like, hey, guy, if you don't want it, don't buy it. Because if you do, you're going to fuck yourself. Yeah. What do you got? I don't know. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. And it's beautiful to just like sit here and process like you two conversing while I'm like getting everything ready for the next question. But um, yeah, I, I tend to just have random blanks here and there on the podcast. Oh, that's why you're not a father. Wow. Had to sneak one in there, Brad, to have to. He's just shooting random blanks. Hey. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. One of the last questions we got for you here, Pops, is uh, what was the last time a release actually got you excited? Ready? The last Union 1 drop. That Jordan 1 high, again, I said it at the beginning, simple, clean, basic colors, nothing extra fancy, but to me, that was a, a super clean shoe. Um, probably should have waited. I didn't bought it early and probably paid a little more than the resale value is now. But I just, I really wanted that shoe. I really liked it. I liked the makeup of it. Um, I think Union does a really good job. The The whole woven pattern in there, uh, to me, was, again, something I remember having wovens back in the day. So to combine those two into one and then just have that simple colorway, which kind of you can wear with almost anything, that neutral, it's like a off-whitish cream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, color. Um it just, it really, uh, that was, that was the one. Um, the other one, and I just scooped uh, because it was a, I believe a U, uh, Europe only was the new Air Max one size official. Oh, those are drier. So I scooped those. I waited for the price to dip a little bit and was able to grab them. So yeah, the Air Max one I had to get. But yeah, the Jordan one was, I was super hyped for that one, believe it or not, even though there's like no resale value to it. I just like the makeup of the shoe. Yeah, I remember, I remember coming to your house and seeing them early when you had that barbecue and the whole group chat was against that shoe. I remember. I know. And I was just like, nah, this is this is one right here. It's, and you have a pair. Yep, I have a pair. Rome, 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 Rome does not. I don't like them. You don't want it at all? He does not like them. And I like the way he look on other people. Right, 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 right. It just, they just not. It, it is it definitely to look down because of the woven. It kind of bumps the toe box out and makes it look almost like a moccasin, like a little more yeah. square toe box look. But I just don't look down. <laughs> I just don't look down. <laughs> you could have told me that when I was climbing that ladder. Yeah, too late. Too late. Pops was up there enjoying the view <laughs> by the time you was climbing up. So, like, what was the last shoe that got you excited, Lil? Uh, last shoe that got me excited, I'd have to say that Vomero 5. Mm-hmm. That Vomero 5, that glow in the dark, was a beautiful twist because I don't think I've ever seen a shoe glow blue. Ooh. And they're pretty much always green. Yeah, it's always yeah. green. And then, like, the thing that sucks about most glow in the dark shoes is that, like, it's like a translucent outsole. So, like, it starts to, like, turn yellow and ugly after time. But, like, the glow on the Vomeros is like on the cage and the way they integrated it, it was just different. And I never really owned a Vomero 5 either. So 
going for something like comfortable and not really like hype, even though like that's Nike's like hype runner of the year. Right. Um, it was really cool to be able to scoop that up and just, and I didn't even know that they glow blue until like after I got them. I just think glow or glue blue. How do you, what is the past tense of glow? Glowed? Glowed? I don't think glow. Is it glued? It can't be glued. It can't be. Glued. I mean, it's it's it's, it's English. <laughs> Very possible. We're pretty sure the past that the glow is not glue. I mean, we're also sitting next to Jerome where he says uh, future instead of feature. So, like, I don't think it's not really the way I pronounce it. You know what I mean. Put it in the <laughs> You say bought or brought? If I'm bringing something, past tense, I say brought. If you buy something from the store, I say bought. Okay. See how he, like... They was about to roast me. I'm like, nah, not today, my guys. <laughs> but literally, he's from the store. So you brought them from the store or you bought them from the store? Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Is, yeah, yeah. People people be bringing stuff from the store. They be brought and stuff. Glued. Past tense of glue is glued. Okay, so he's not. So it's not glued. Glad we. No, not glued. I would have said glue. Probably with a drop, they did that would have been no. Just, yeah, just it, you know? Is it bad that I, in my mind, I thought it would be spelled like G-L-E-W? Like, Same. Like, in my mind, yeah. Right. I want to say G-L-U-E. <laughs> no, that, we, that, we already know what type of glue yeah. that is. Okay, yeah. So definitely the Vomero 5 for me was probably my last. And besides that, I'd, I'd want to say like the Reimagined 3, the White Cements, that nice. they they did okay on them. Like the quality wasn't perfect, but... Um, it was always a shoe that I wanted, and then like before that, it was the eighty eights, and I was not paying eighty eight white cement money because that, and I, I like how they just like repurposed the tongue on the threes. It definitely looks a lot better. Um, that was like a great overall shoe. I doubled up on that one because the way I crease my my threes with my uneven feet is soft. <laughs> uh, what about you? What about you, Ray? Uh, I want to say the last release that got me excited. I'll go with a, a line. I'll say uh, A Manier. I like. So it's partly the shoe and then partly the message behind it. For me, like, you know, from like I said, from the, the 90s, 2000 era, like I love a good story and message and meaning behind the product. Like, that's something that captures me into, like, loving it. For me, the quality of the shoes are, like, A1, like, back to the, the premium materials. And and I'm pretty sure we all remember the days when Nike or Jordan used to put premium materials on a shoe. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, premium material? Guess what? 500 bucks. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I really want those fours, but I'm not paying 500 bucks for premium look. Yeah. But now, you know, you see the thing that's coming out. Like, I'm super excited for the uh, the fives that's coming out. Live is, like, one of my favorite models. Which color, man? The uh, Women's. Okay. I want both. Yeah. I'll take both. Please, resale, don't go up. They have the thin tongues, like the off-white fives still, yeah. with no extra pad. I like that. Yeah, no extra, extra banding. It's, it's weird. Like, I actually prefer the extra banding. Really? I like it without. Because I have, like, Slimmer League, mm. so... His tongue be like the tongue and shoes be dancing. That was about to be really sus. Yeah, we was about to say, hey, I caught myself. I caught myself with that one. Yeah, y'all not about to y'all not about to get me. How are the clothes? I'm glad you I'm glad you uh Did you sell your off white fives? No, but I am getting rid of them because of that exactly. 
Like, I like the look of them, but like the tongue is always like moving around. And I'm just like, I just, you know, listen, man, gotta keep my wife happy. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just like, what if you just wear like an elite sock? Just the hair. No, like just. Too much work. <laughs> too much work to get crazy. Yeah, yeah. too much work. Take a wristband and just. Oh yeah, like a sweatband. Just put a yeah sweatband right there. Cross folded and and put it over. But now you're like yeah like so for me like I love those but I'm a hundred percent like I remember I got rid of my metallic five so I'm like I don't need two pairs of like the original and then the revamped version so I got rid of my metallics and then I super regretted because I'm just like well I'm I'm on my metallics back. Because yeah, the fives, beautiful shoe, but got to think about the people with the uh, the slimline legs. You know, I'm built like a chopstick, <laughs> so you know everything just doesn't work. But yeah, I want to say that is my favorite. Uh, that was my last time I'm I was excited about a shoe it was like when Amon on Year started doing their thing in the community, and I can give an honorable mention to the Jordan Two, the uh, Chateau Rue. Okay. Because I feel like, like I always say, that is built like a bespoke more than like a, a collab release. Yeah, it definitely went all in on that. Yeah. If you guys are listening, go all in more often. Yeah. We that, need it. That, Bring the stories back, people. They do what they want to do. Like, can we get like a fire branding commercial like we used to get? Well, like the, just not from Primitive Brand, you know? Remember the, the somebody, anybody. The grandmama and the. Yeah. Jordan and his mom, Duncan, and all that other stuff. Like, can we? What was it the like the Black Cat commercials, Blue Fours, and yeah, I, like I don't remember none of this. I wasn't born yet. Not, not I like, wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, really showing y'all age right now. Remember, remember Jordan and Little Richard? Nope. No. Oh my goodness. Remember Mike and Mike? No. You know, remember Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan? And nope. Oh man. Mm-hmm. All right, we we getting closer and closer to time. You don't remember Jordan and. Uh, Spike Lee, you just gonna go with Lee. All right, here we go. He knows that because got to be shoved in the face nine million times. Yes, that's the only reason I know that one. All right, so we have a, a portion of the show which we like to call Small Business Spotlight, which is just highlighting a small business that we think people should know about that maybe a lot of people don't. And today, as our guest, and you can take your time and think about it, do you have a small business that you know of that you appreciate that you think? You know, the world should know about. Yeah, the two of you. You're both small businesses, and, and, you know, you need to be supported as much as all these regular businesses. Um, I mean, you guys do up and down, left and right, all kinds of work to to promote yourselves. And, you know, it, it only goes so far because you're, you're speaking to the same people over and over again. So, yeah, if people can work with the two of you and, and promote you as much as you guys promote them, that, that's what I would like to see. That was the quickest, most thorough answer I've ever heard. Yeah, it's Bill Five more. and Two One Five Shooter need need that small business promotion. This man just hit us with a Uno reverse card. You can like <laughs> really? I don't podcast that. That's crazy. <laughs> we appreciate that heavily, Pops, because you already know you've been you've been here to witness our journey from the very beginning. It's all from the start. Yeah, it keeps escalating and getting better and better and better. And you guys master your 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 talents, and then you move on to the next new thing. You know, maybe you'll start dwelling into or diving into how to master video, and then you'll just take it from there and escalate over and over. Yeah, and it's actually kind of crazy to really sit back and think about, like, how many rounds we've, like, 
dove into. I had had another blip. Because um, I was like, is it dove, dive? But it's definitely dove. Jumped in. Jumped into. Yeah. Okay, that's better. But yeah, like when you sit back and think about like, okay, like we're sneaker enthusiasts, we're photographers, and now we're doing a podcast and we now dabble with video and social media. And like we, we spread ourselves so thin to try out all these different realms to just like enjoy life. And phone. Yes. Miss those two. Yeah. Flowing. Yeah. You had a big billboard in Times Square and everything. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Out here, out here doing things. Um, this is just shooting with food. <laughs> Bro, food is literally my favorite subject to, to photograph. We all see. <laughs> it's like, you don't, it, it never talks back, you know? And then like, once you're done with it, you get to just sit back and enjoy it. Not me. Not what I say. I say that sounds like relationship advice. No, definitely not relationship advice. We are not going there right now at all. Um, okay. <laughs> so we've gotten to the segment of the podcast where I like to leave the people with a quote. And since you are our guest, I'm gonna put that in your hands, Nate. Just do it. Does that work? <laughs> It's that simple. That people, it, is it, that it, no, it's that simple. People just do it. Nobody thought of that one, right? Nope. No one's thought about that one. And so, yeah, as Nate just said, just do it. That simple. Get to anything that you want to get to. Don't waste any time and just realize that it takes motion to just do it. Yeah, no, think about it. Just do it. That was wild. It takes motion to just do it. <laughs> Yo, I'm signing off. I'm signing on a wrap right there. I'm, I'm signing off. That's it, guys. Yo, Lewis is done for the day. We appreciate you guys for tuning in this long. And Nate, we highly appreciate you taking the time to come down here and appreciate you having me. Give us your insight on everything. And we definitely look forward to what you have planned for the future. Whatever that may be. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, like we uh will like to keep you guys posted along the way. So if you guys aren't following Nate on social media, give him your handle again, Nate. Uh Nike twenty one eight across the board. So that's everywhere. I am one of your hosts, Jerome. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. All right, guys, I'm I'm signing out because I've been saying some wild shit this entire episode. So my name is Lewis, aka <laughs> I'm Mill Vibe. Eighty percent of it. <laughs> it was the last ten. It was the last ten yeah, that just out. called me. Yeah, I'm Mill Vibe. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Mill Vibe across the board. Don't forget to follow Nate and don't forget to subscribe to the pod. Also, check out Reup Sneakers at three locations uh, Defford Mall, Springfield Mall, and Cumberland Mall. Exactly. If you're looking for some nice sneaks, holidays are coming around. I know y'all got some money in the tuck underneath the bed. So pull up. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye.